Christmas week. A lot of people might half-ass it, but we're full-assing it. Is that the way to say it? Nice. That's why Edition I'm here. of the Dream Preview. <laughs> to my left, Steve Fezzik, two-time Super Contest champion. Won $10,700 and didn't buy lunch in the third quarter. And A.J. Hoffman. I'm R.J. Bell. Now you know everything you need to know. <laughs> there is a ton of... <laughs> I should have just bought lunch. That would I should have. have. <laughs> well, I, te the, I tell you what, I get in the money in the circa millions. It would have been the cheapest lunch you ever bought. I, I get in the money I'm buying for everybody. All right, baby. Well, you don't have to buy for Mackenzie and Brad bought. Just get them a coupon. Two for one. I'll buy Mackenzie, but I don't want to buy for Brad. <laughs> All right. Noted. <laughs> you know, Brad has a saying. That's a bang bang. Oh, that's where we go have a whole meal at one place and then go right to another place and have another one. Bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> All right. We're doing it a little, uh, kind of the same this week, but different. We are doing three picks, a five-way, four-way, three-way. Why? Because there's a lot of uncertainty. And we're not going to act like we're not uncertain. Remember in Billions, he says, I'm not uncertain. That means they're certain. Well, we are uncertain about some of these games. So we'll have less picks. Another winning week. Oh, wait, I shouldn't say another. A winning week, coincidental perhaps, but I, it, it took a little out of me. Fez's Cleveland pick took a little. I mean, I, I, I thought we're going to be three and one. They hold them. We're kind of here doing a meeting and watching the score feed. And when they, and then, it's, then McKenzie said, oh, oh, it look, <laughs> looks like you got a field goal to win. I go, why did you? I didn't think they'd get the ball back. Third and three. Uh, let's hand the ball off to Chubb and get, let him get stuffed instead of, like, rolling out our quarterback and letting him sacrifice his body. He's a scrub. He's only going to play one game anyways. Nope. Just hand the ball to Chubb and punt and pray. So then I thought three and one, we might go four and one. I can really lock up this winning season. That And then Minnesota, I'm seeing, a, like, 70 yards passing. Let's just say this. I won and I was still mad. It's the most emotional I've seen you get over one game. Yeah, because I really want, listen, we were down like, what, 11 units? We were. And I said, I will not allow us not to win. Remember, yeah. I, I mean, who says that down 10, 11 units? Well, I mean, Fez said in week nine, we're going to go undefeated the rest of the way. The, see, that, I said, that was fantasy world. <laughs> I said that we were a strong favorite to finish in the black. Not, not when we were down like 11 units. But, yes, but when we were down four units, I said but, we are the favorite but I'm to the one, wind up in the black. I know who runs the portfolio. No, no, no. What I'm saying is I'm the one that put my brand at stake by saying I'm not going to let us lose. Yes. And here we are on the cusp of another a fourth winning season in a row. As long as AJ doesn't mess it up here the last two years. <sighs> yeah. You know, it's let's always give, my fault. Let's give him credit. He did that Houston or not Houston, I'm sorry. What was that goofy pick? Cincinnati. What's funny is he we bet Cincinnati at two and a half. It's three the next day. And he's just going doop 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 doop. Like he has no idea the market just spoke so against him. Mm -hmm. I did know. Uh, no, you came. I mean, it was weird. You walked in, and this was the music playing. <laughs> you were like, I still like the bags. And I said, really? And he said, yes. I mean, on the pod, you asked if I wanted to buy out of it. But that was before.
before the line moved to three. No, it had already, like, it was no, already it was, leaning. You know, this is a tough crowd when you get a game completely right and you get ridiculed. Uh, that's <laughs> welcome to my life, Fezzik. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> that's the thing, it, it, is, is the reality is screwing with the lesson that we should be teaching. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was a weird game, though. Why? It seemed like there were a lot of sharper people like the Bengals. I mean, it must have been a monster syndicate. And, and there was tons of money on Denver. You saw there was actually Denver not only went to a three-point favorite, there was a period of time it was 3.1, minus $3 lay twenty on the Broncos, despite the fact the look-ahead line the week before was Denver plus three. And, I, well, I think we got to agree the look-ahead is a soft market. Yes. And if the look-ahead makes sense – then I think we use it. If I mean, it's you had an example that um, you liked. What was it now? Yeah, the the Dolphins. Dolphins plus three and a half you gave last week for this week, and it went about as well as it could have. In fact, better than it could have for the Saints. Shutting out Tom Brady for the first time since what 2010. Or yeah. Whatever? So the Saints are an 11 point underdog. They shut out Tampa, win 9 nothing. It could be the first time in the history of the NFL, absent any injuries, that a team outperforms the line by 20 points, wins as a double-digit underdog, and yet the spread goes against them the following week. Which shows you that if it would have gone normally, if they would have lost the game by 11, it would have been drastic. It shows how good the pick was. But the point I'm making is that the lesson I want to teach and, and to be honest, I think it's important. I'm not j jacking around here. When the line doesn't make sense, there's something happening you don't understand. To me, the best spot in the world is to be, it was 2006 the last time Brady got shut out. Hmm. The 2006, last time Brady got shut out. But... To me, when the public is going to be 85% or more on the Bengals, there's sharp people on the Bengals. I'm not talking about AJ. Sharp people on the Bengals, and the line keeps going up onto a key number. The two and a half would have gotten the Bengals action. When it went to three, that was like there's something that it lost here. But, like, to me, I, I like nothing better than to be betting at minus two and a half something that Freddie Fanny Pack, uh, Barney at the bar, and AJ's on, but then the market goes to three. Yes. I mean, that's the definition. And, and in the Super Contest, what was the – now, at the time of Sunday, Saturday night, the line was probably 2.85. Yeah. It was a little below three. Yes. But still – you know, I don't I regret it because it lost, but I do think there was a real message in that. Um, and you agree, right? I do. In general, when the public's one way, the square sharps are the uh, the same way, and that the square sharps you call the people are kind of sharp but not really plugged in, and then you got someone like you, Fez, that's that's sharp and plugged in. Is it better to be a square sharp or a sharp square? I think it's um. I think that's a great – we could do that in June. I, <laughs> I, I would say this. I would say a sharp square because a square sharp, the, his ego is usually a big chunk of his decision-making. I agree. Whereas a, 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 a sharp square is more like a guy that just maybe – They're humble. They're, maybe they're just like in Nebraska watching their games, not listening to anyone, but they might win just by what they see and, and observe. Yes. And I don't think you have to – I don't think sharp is about being – tuned into what everyone else is saying that's a shortcut to sharpness and i'm not saying it's not a, a part of it 
But like, I if someone you know, like there's that one dude uh, that, that that does the Olympic sports right in town here. Alf. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's originating all that stuff. He in the Olympics is he sharp? Oh, he's the sharpest. But he's not. He, he's not like plugged into other, right. I, yeah, I still remember him saying, and the Olympics are coming up, so this is topical. Yeah. Where he'd say he'd be like. In the Summer Olympics, he's like, it does not matter that the swimmer is ranked 88th in the world. He just won his heat, and, and he had the second best time. He's going to get a medal. That's all that matters. So so to me, I think one way to be sharp is to be plugged in. I think another way to be sharp is originating. But I, 30 seconds, but there was a guy I used to play cards with who kind of mentored me a little bit when I was like, 22, 23, right out of college. He was, I thought he was ancient at the time. He was probably in his mid-40s. And, um, you know, he had been playing home, you know, uh, like VFW-type games, you know, his whole life. And he'd play, you know, no, we were playing no, I mean, I won, my first big win ever, I won 2,000 playing no, it was the first time I ever played No Limit, but it was against a bunch of yokels, right? I mean, they didn't know. Like, one time I had... Like, if we're playing low ball and, like, the best, you know, like, seven or uh, six card low, mm-hmm. and the best hand I could have, like, literally, I had a, a, a cinch where, like, even if he had ace two underneath, I had a better hand than him. So he could read that too, that I had the possibility of having, of having him, cinch. him dead. Yeah. But he had, like, the next best hand, and the pot was, like, you know, 400, and I bet like 600 into it, he pays it off. I mean, this was a guy that didn't, you know, so it was one of those situations. It was fun. I bought my, actually, now I think about it, I bought my first computer that I ever used on the internet. I actually got hooked up on the internet because of that poker game. And then, because, you know, it cost like 1500 And then I ended up, there was a site called DBC Sports. People might remember this. Mm. They had real-time odds before any online site had odds. But they, it was. I think it was associated with sports. Uh, uh, what's it, what, Ken White used to run? What am I thinking of? This not the sports consult. Uh, what was what was Ken White? Las Vegas Sports Consult. Yes, that's what it was. Called. LVSC. Yeah, and I think it was associated with that. So they, were, I, it was like some almost pirated fee. And I, w- I went on a run. No shit. I won about thirty k betting nickels. In the next like six weeks, really? Because I had a guy that would give me the line at six thirty Eastern for college basketball and let me bet till seven twenty five. Stale line, stale line. And so what I would do is just any line that moved a point and a half or whatever. And then about every third bet I put in, he'd give me a half point move free. Mm. So and 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 it got hot, you know. Yeah. But oh my gosh, I, and then I moved to Vegas. So actually thinking about it, that poker game, I might not be in Vegas if it wasn't for that dumb dumb that called that cinch hand. It's that butterfly in South America flip flip, flip flops its wings, and next yeah. thing you know, you're in Vegas doing this for a living. Next thing you know is the the dude. What's that dude's name that um dated uh Demi Moore? Bruce Willis. No, but uh, Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Yeah, he was in the butterfly yeah. effect, right? Okay. But he also is rumored to be the guy who was one of the faces for Billy Walters in the book Smart Money. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because he came out later and said he did uh, beard for Billy Walters mm. in a magazine article. So it all comes together. Full circle. And I was the last person to interview Billy Walters live on the radio or on anything, mm. really. I'm almost sure that's okay. He never did an interview after yeah. that. So it all came together. But he had three has three hundred million. 
Mm. So that's where the connection ends. <laughs> Showtime! Woo! We have one double like this week, and there's a story behind that. First, though, five-way best bet, Steve Fezzik. Washington football team Ooh. catching 11 against Dallas. This is all anti-Dallas. Not hey, I've got a Washington. division ticket if you're interested. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, you and I both, my man, plus 350 on the Washington football team. Dallas, this is the perfect storm. This is everything we're looking for. We always talk about, well, what do we want to do? We want to take a public team that's not very good and look for the right spot to fade them. Well, now is the time. Let's look at what Dallas has done. Looks pretty impressive. 3-0 and straight up, 3-0 and against the spread. Three straight wins and covers. But now wait a minute. In that run, they are plus eight in turnovers. So plus three, plus two, and plus three. Every one of those games they covered because of the turnover differential, not because they really won the How do you quantify that? Well, I look at the stats and I say, you know, in terms of the overall yardage and yards per play, Dallas, if that was the only information you gave me, they, w- they should not have covered any of these games. McKenzie, f- aggregate or sum up the th- those three games, what their turnover differential was? Got it. Further... If you look at the EPA. if you look at the specifics, they played at New Orleans. If you recall, that was the Thanksgiving game where New Orleans was down two offensive linemen. Obviously, the backup. Wait, Thanksgiving game. Dallas played the Raiders. I uh, was, I guess, the week after. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. Okay, and so New Orleans was crippled in that game in terms of injuries and the like. So the money came in on Dallas, and it was a close statistical game. And and New Orleans bottom line was minus three in turnovers. So that's why Dallas got the cover. Then they get to play the the football team just two weeks ago. And that was a game that Washington had all the COVID issues, if you recall that line. Oh, but steams. remember now, wasn't Dallas up like 20 nothing in that game? Yes. That doesn't count for any. I thought you usually are the ones that discount the comeback. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. But Dallas wins by seven. They, huh? And they win. The, the bottom line, the one, they got up all those points because of the turnovers in that game. And again, playing a backup quarterback for Washington. And then last week, they get another backup quarterback in the Giants. Dallas is unimpressive statistically, but they win the turnover battle again by three and they get another cover. So now this is three straight wins and covers. RJ, all three on the road. So now I understand that it's much better in baseball in the NBA when you got a team on a road stand and then they come home because these teams, Dallas was coming home. Here comes the famous, they got to pay their bills. (laughs) Well, now they're finally home. Guess what? It's Christmas week on top of it. Mm. And Dallas on a winning streak with a coach that Wouldn't I... Wouldn't it be better to be at home Christmas week than away? No, because on Saturday before the game, wouldn't you rather have your team in a hotel room prepping for the game? Well, or... they're, they're there anyway. All Every NFL team has their team in a hotel the On Saturday before. night. But yeah. I think I think that on Saturday, they're opening presents under, underneath the tree the Dallas football team is. And then they're going to the hotel on Christmas night. So mm-hmm. it all lines up to, hey, Dallas isn't that good. You, you, you see the big D tackle with the wife and the three kids. Is that your vision of it? Well, maybe it might be a little... <laughs> A little more contemporary, but the the bottom, if that's the right word, um, cosmopolitan maybe. I don't know. Uh, the bottom line is I see a Dallas team fat and happy with a fat and happy coach during the holidays against a football team that should be motivated off the road. They just lost two weeks ago with a crippled squad. This should be a close game, and I'm catching 11. Gimme, okay. gimme, gimme. I've got a lot of questions. Uh-huh. Number one, let's admit something here. Dallas is number two in that turnover margin, but number one in their turnover EPA. They've gained 70 points this year on net turnover margin. The number two team gained 59, 
and that was Indianapolis. At what point do we say Dallas is a ball hawking defense? Oh, I think that, we say that now. Okay, so how do we then explain away the turnovers as being irrelevant? Because mm -hmm. I'm not sure if there are ball hawking defenses. What's your theory? My theory is that there are, but it's probably how much is it worth? It's probably they should be minus a half in terms of winning the turnover battle. All right, so you're saying favorite. typically in, in uh, if they've played four. Where do they play now? 14, or let's see, Dallas's record right now is 10 and 4. So 14 games, right? And you're saying that they should be up seven turnovers. Right. I think that that's pretty typical of a, of a, a quality team that's 10 and 4, yes. Okay. So turnovers, they're up 12. So they're out. Plus five, right? So they're not—they're not twelve to the lucky side. I'd say they're—they're they're five to the lucky mm -hmm. side. They've still been fortunate. Yes. Okay. In, in fact, if you, in this game, I'd be willing to make a substantial bet right now. If you gave me plus one on turnovers, well, I would take the plus. Giants. A, you said plus half. I know. I so know. Why, so you say double what I think the fair line is, and I'll take a bet. Exactly right. <laughs> okay. He's learning from you. <laughs> no, no. See, that's not when that make that case. Like when do I ever say give me only an extremely great line or I'll or I'll bet you. I, I never you, do that. Yeah. I'm the one trying to tempt people to bet by giving them juicy lines. Except for the one time I bet the team to finish second. On the Wasn't the odds particularly juicy? Oh. <laughs> no, you thought no, they were. You, you would have made it too juicy. I would have felt I felt the trap. So well, no, I, it wasn't. I understood that. I understood that. Yes. The point I'm saying is, AJ, you're. I'm the one saying, hey, I'll take Georgia at plus one ten. Like, like I'm willing to. I like betting. I'm not scared to bet. He laid one ten. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I, I took <laughs> yeah. it at the market price yes. instead of the no vig price. Right. I, that's what I was willing to do. So just how's this sound? I'll get, if you have an instance now where I made only like an unfair offer, can you think of one? No. All right. So I will. I'll assume you're apologizing. I apologize, silently. RJ. Silently. Oh, okay. Now, why is this not my game of the year? Oh, no, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm starting to wonder why it's a game at all. Okay. Question number two is Dallas. All those situations that you were talking about. Was the market aware of them? Oh, yes. So the, the Cowboys have covered the last three games. Yeah, because they've been... So, but how do you dismiss a team overperforming? Like, you go, backup quarterback, COVID, blah, blah, blah. Plus eight in turnovers the last three games. All right, so then don't act like it was that plus that they somehow were against horrible this or horrible that. Mm -hmm. They overperformed three out of three games, and you're saying you want to explain that away because of turnover luck. Yes, all right. And, and because they covered those three games, now we're getting a really inflated point spread in this game. What's your power rating say in this game? Power rating says nine and a half. Okay. Do you think, how do you think Washington's motivation is? I think that there is the dream crusher concern, but uh, I think 9% chance by 538. But, but they still are alive. Mm -hmm. And they just lost to Dallas two weeks ago. I think that their divisional game, they hate the Cowboys. They'll be motivated. Each of our key games, we're going to talk about plus or minus, or minus points of absences. We don't know what's going to happen COVID-wise. We are recording on Wednesday night, released Thursday. We're talking contemporaneously. That's all we can do. What is the current situation with Washington? I believe that Heineke is going to be back. Okay. 
So can't be certain. He had a knee injury last week. He was he didn't miss because of COVID, but then he entered COVID protocol after the knee injury. So uh, the the assumption is his knee is fine now. He's just got a clear COVID protocol. Did they say that's that? what I read today? Oh, that his knee's fine. Okay, and clearing protocol requires what? The two negative tests, twenty-four hours apart. And I think just one now. Is that right? Uh, it may oh, be two, it two within be, the same day. It can be one, and then the uh, viral load test. Right. Viral load. So if you're not that contagious, is the theory. So Mackenzie, what are what's the beat? You want to take a gander at the beat writers on Heineke? Just you know, Twitter maybe. Yeah, I'm looking in it right now. All right. Okay. What kind of downgrade is it from Heineke? To Brandon Allen, there's two downgrades. So is it Flipper Allen? Yes. So you've got no, that's Kyle Allen. And Kyle Allen. I'm oh, sorry. I get them all mixed up. I have but Heine- Kyle Allen was on Washington, wasn't he? I don't know. No, he was for sure because he was the backup in Carolina. Yeah, so, Kyle Allen's on Washington. Yes, but he said Brandon Allen. Yes, I misspoke. So it's Kyle Allen. Yes, Flipper. Yes. Okay. I have a one and a half point downgrade to Allen and to the much despised Garrett Garrett Gilbert, a four point downgrade. And he's the one the quarterback this game yes. last night or whatever. Yes. Okay. Now I have a something that you may find interesting. A little original research from pregame.com. Ooh. Last year when teams played either on Tuesday or Wednesday, so they had a delayed game. And you know what we should add in there, McKenzie, for tomorrow is what about if they played on Monday when it wasn't scheduled on Monday? Got it. I'll add that. Right. So any delay by a day. Um because, for example, that Buffalo game probably would have met that criteria against Tennessee, if I'm remembering mm-hmm. right. Yes. Okay. How'd they do the next game, you think, Fez? Probably not as well. Not as well. Four and six against the spread with a minus 1.3 ATS margin. So you know the market was trying to account for it, mm-hmm. but it couldn't. It could, it, whatever effort it made, it, it was It was insufficient. insufficient uh, by 1.3, and that was— Per game, uh, per game. Per game. And I did want to say— Obviously, I don't like. I don't want. I didn't want to play any teams that played on Tuesday with the short week, and I'm making the exception. So I'm breaking that rule with Washington. So is this one of the teams? This is one of the teams that you think, or this is one of the reasons that it's not a game of the year. Yes. <laughs> All right. Next question. What do you say? If I told you there was going to be a profile of a team, and I said this is a team that there's going to be some winning bets on, and here's the profile. They are not considered to be a good defense coming in the year, but there's a new new defensive coordinator. And just when they're trending upwards, a rash of injuries hit. And then it is obscures the fact that this defense is pretty darn good. And lo and behold, when the health comes back and the players are back, they are hitting on all cylinders. Does that sound like the Cowboys? Defense? Yes. Doesn't that sound like a kind of a perfect profile? It's almost like the Kansas City when you picked them to win the Super Bowl the year they did. The Spagnolia, Spagnolia was new. Spags was new. You know, like this Cowboys D, since they've gotten back their key players, it's been and, outstanding. And, Par- and Parsons has been tremendous. Yeah, but Having, everyone knows that. But right. I'm saying just the whole injury situation. Well, but I think there's a little bit of a bias here because they've got to play three straight backup quarterbacks and teams that, that, whose offenses were absolutely decimated in Washington, the Giants, and the Saints. So that's making that good that that good defense look great the last three weeks. Except, well, hold on a second. 
the first of all, the Saints are the Saints. We can say whatever you want about the Saints, but they held the Saints to 17, okay? They held Washington to zero, right, with like six minutes left in the game, and then they held the Giants to six. How do you do better? I mean, the still curtain the probably Giants doesn't do better. The Giants sucked in the red zone, and the Saints didn't have two of their O-linemen, so they didn't have Ramzak, and they didn't have Pete. Did you, do you have your receipts on all the big Dallas bets you made <laughs> in these games? No. <laughs> Then how do we explain them away? We don't explain them away, but we put an asterisk by it. I think the Cowboys' defense has gotten a little bit overrated. Why? Because of their schedule. Since week two. Okay. They started out the season with Tampa and the Chargers. Since then, they've played one quarterback who ranks in the top ten of QBR. Lost. They've played two teams. Hold on on a second. Let's look who they've played here. They played Philly. And let's agree Philly at the time wasn't hitting on all cylinders like they are now. They played New England. Mm-hmm. Pretty good team. Yep. Fourth game for a rookie quarterback. Whatever. Pretty good team. It wasn't the fourth game. It was the it was the fifth game. It was the, or the sixth game. Let's see. It was it the week after Tampa. Because Tampa was the fourth game. That's Tampa was week one. With against Dallas. New England. We're tight New England. Oh. Okay. Let's not. You know. We don't want Steve to get mad at us. <laughs> well, let's say sixth game and move on. So then they had a, a bye. And Minnesota, how's Cousins in the QBR? He's fine. No, L- dropped a little bit after he threw for 87 but, but yards Cousins, yesterday. You, you were saying only who's the one that was in the top 10? Mahomes. Cousins, I have number 11. So, so Cousins, Cousins is in, is in the top 10. Of Q- he's not in the top 10 of QBR. Number I mean, 12. You can, we, I 12. Mean, Minnesota doesn't have a top 10 DVOA offense either because they've only played I mean, two of those teams. I mean, where's Cousins at in uh, PFF? Well, I think we have it in our new sheet, right? Let's look at the PFF grades here. This is fascinating, the way you cherry-pick these stats. The top 10? I mean, no. I mean, what I'm saying is you really think Cousins isn't a good quarterback. I think Cousins is an okay quarterback. I mean, then you— You think he's one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the league? I, I think he's this year he's been far and away that one of the top 10 quarterbacks. Number in four in PFF. Number four. And number 12 in—you're in, in you're saying in— uh, QBR. QBR. I think in general what we should do is probably take the average of those two. I agree. I mean, because I think QBR, I, since I'm the one that pushed it so much, I'm almost like the, I'm ready to throw that out like YPP gets thrown out <laughs> myself. But I, if we want to half count it, or AJ can count it however he wants. But so far I'm pretty impressed with the quarterbacks. So Tom Brady, but we're throwing – now why are we throwing that out? I, I'm not throwing it out. I said, said that after I've week kept, two. Those two games counted. I'm just saying it's been a long time since they saw a good quarterback. But so Tom Brady. Then we can call Tom Brady. They lost to him. Tom Brady, the second coming. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. And then as we said, now what's interesting, you know what's funny? You look at this Carolina line. Dallas was four and a half. Hmm. That was juicy, wasn't it? You know, it's it's so, you you look back on some and sometimes you think we just, you know, we out. Sam Darnold. Yeah. (laughs) Then the Giants, obviously. New England we talked about. Kirk Cousins, number four ranked quarterback. Denver. Number 10 in offensive DVOA. Is Denver. Mm-hmm. So that's the good team. That's one of the best offensives they face since we Atlanta is pretty good on offense, aren't they? Not since they lost their receivers. But this was before that, right? Week 10? When, when? No, week 10 was when they, they uh, Cordero, Cordero Patterson got hurt in the first quarter. Yeah. Then, then Mahomes, the, the best quarterback on earth. Yep. Lost to him. They gave up. They gave up 19 points. Okay. 
Is Mahomes so the best not, quarterback on earth? So that's so giving up 19 to Carolina is not or Kansas City is not a good perf- defensive performance to you. Sure. Okay. That's the one. That's the one I said. That's the one top 10 QBR quarterback they've seen since week two. And then they played the Raiders, gave up a lot of points there, so it's hard to celebrate that against Sean Payton, the genius. You mean against Taysom Hill in his first game? Listen. It seems like you you know what we should do? We should make a big bet on this one. Let's go with the let's think about this a second. Cause I want to isolate the Dallas defense. Mm. So why don't we look at Washington's team total? What do we got here? And I think we go a cool thousand. <laughs> okay. You, you want to? No. Well, you seem strong. I'm, all I'm on saying, this. I say, you you ask me for my opinion. I tell you, I think well, Dallas's defense is overrated. You, you want me to bet a thousand dollars on Washington's bet, team you, total? We just said, I don't know who's starting at quarterback for Washington, and you're like, let's do a well, cool I mean, thousand. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I'd be more than willing to say that we wait until post. And whatever. I've got no interest in the football team. This is Fez's bet. I was given my my handicap of the game. It seems strong to me. Well, then I, I'll just when I don't have an opinion, I'll I, I'll just stay I th- quiet. I think your handicap is strong because the Dallas team. Told you think us, his handicap? No, your handicap is strong. And that in that the Dallas team told us twenty nine and Washington's eighteen, and somehow we've steered this towards the. I'm trying to to defend. Your statement that the Dallas defense is very strong, and I agree, actually agree with you. It it's doesn't the Dallas, mean any defense. It's, the it's, Dallas, it's self-evident. It's the Dallas offense that has been struggling in these games. It's the I Dallas agree. offense that's hurting. I'm betting against the Dallas offense, so I don't want to bet the team to game to get over 18 points. I would much rather bet the Dallas team to go under the 29. Now that's now I like that. I, I like that a good bet. Because it's a division game. Well, and do you like the under for the full game? I kind of do. Because I, I do think there's uncertainty. I think you, it's fair for you to be uncertain of Washington's offense, yes. right? I mean, it, even if we knew who the quarterback was. I mean, meaning that that line would adjust. I, and I, and, and I, hadn't, it hadn't occurred to me before you said this, but I do think I really want to fade the Dallas offense. The running backs are injured, and Dak is clearly not right. And at 29, it's expecting a big pay. I mean, it's almost like they're getting – it's getting – Sometimes it feels like they make lines and then they reverse engineer the total. And it's like, it doesn't always make sense. Like, like, does it make sense that Dallas is going to score 30 points in this game? No. I mean, it doesn't, does it? Because I mean, these are this is their point total. And, just, and think think about it. they've gotten all these they've gotten eight turnovers plus eight in turnover differential, and they're not getting into the thirties. I mean, yeah, think about this. Dallas from the buy on week eight, Minnesota being the first game, they've scored twenty, sixteen, now forty three against Atlanta, nine, thirty three against the Raiders, twenty seven, twenty seven, twenty one. So even again, and the Saints got a good D, but. And, I mean, we just saw the Washington game. They scored huh. 27. I mean, the first game, yeah, I like I mean, I like that. Do you like that better? I do because I don't – I'm not, like, enthusiastic about betting on the, the Washington offense. I want to bet against the Dallas offense. And I guess the only thing I'd say with A.J.'s point is it almost doesn't matter, though I think it was kind of impressive, some of these results, especially the Kansas City – I would say it's it's not important, uh, the defense specifically against Kansas City's offense. But I'm saying since the in, the health came back is when they've stepped up. And and I also like the fact that at the end of the first half, Dallas was playing the Giants, and they were in pretty good field position where they could try to score with a Hail Mary. And McCarthy just handed the ball off. And he got defended because 
the commentary was, well, the defense is playing so well for Dallas. He knows as long as the offense doesn't make mistakes, they're going to win. So the fact that he had that mindset, and it's been successful. They've won three in a row. Because he got a lot of heat for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But some people have defended him. It's I like, agree, okay, too. You know, they turned over the defense. What's the way that the Giants are going to win this game? Let's try to minimize that. Yeah. Not, no, the goal isn't to – this is – I'd like to get a mathematical like proof on this. The goal isn't to maximize your margin. It's to maximize your chance of winning. Those are two different things. Oh, sure. And, and, and the most extreme example, it's totally counterintuitive. If you look at like a college basketball team and they're favored by 15, if you told me they're up by seven with a minute to play, you're like, oh, that's a disaster. But it's actually way better in terms of the money line. They're way more likely to go. Now they're going to win 99% of the time. As opposed to what score? As opposed to 0-0 when the game started, even though they were 20-point favorite. So they've way underachieved, but now they're going to win. And accomplished their goal. That makes a lot of sense. And what is that team? McKenzie's just interjecting now without being asked anything. (laughs) Sorry. He he thinks he's on his own pod now. Hmm. Huh. You got anything else to say, McKenzie? I hear you, RJ. I hear you. <laughs> is that like a Stephen A. Smith? Yeah, that's what I was going for. I take it, but I'm not buying your lunch. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I kind of, I, I, I kind of appreciate it, but I hear you, R.J. Bell. I hear you, but it's not quite that. <laughs> All right. So A.J. Uh, tamping down. Your frustration level is, do you, would you agree that the Dallas defense, since they've gotten healthy, it's been impressive? Uh, I mean, again, Washington, what, what was the point when Washington first scored or, or when they started the, it was late, late, right? I think it was 24 to six. It was real late. Yeah. I think they were stuck on six. So until you got to say a really quarter. good defensive performance. Absolutely. And then against the Giants, it was six. Yes. That's good regardless. And against the Saints, 17. Now, was the Saints all good offensive? They, that points? was – oh, no, it was – remember turnovers on the uh, – the Saints had four turnovers in that game. No, no, but what I'm saying is if they're how did, 17 – How the Saints get the 17? I can't recall. But still, when, when you, an NFL team gets 17. Yeah, you're, you're – Yeah, I, I mean, I, I almost would um, – I wouldn't – if the Dallas Cowboys the whole year were considered as good as they are now in defense, I'd agree with AJ. They haven't lived up to that. But I think that the confluence of the health and the performance has really looked good. I agree with that. You don't think there could be a letdown after three straight road games and them having three straight comfortable wins? But, is, but isn't that the opposite of what we say sometimes is when people have high-intensity games, that, that, that they mentally get, like, worn down? Like Baltimore, part of my handicap is going to be, I think they're worn out, wrung out. Mm. Yes. Right? I think, if anything, these low-pressure games has them ready to be intense. Hmm. I mean, wouldn't you say? I mean, nope. I've never heard that handicap before. They've had a couple games in a row. They've performed well, but I've heard of a letdown, but I haven't heard of, uh, uh, I mean, like. Well, a team, I, I see I view the Cowboys as an undisciplined coach and an undisciplined team that when they have success goes out and parties. And Is McCarthy undisciplined or is he dumb? Both. Or, or let's not, not say dumb. He's not as bright as other coaches. Because it strikes me he's old school. Yeah. I don't get a sense that he's letting the the mm. players run wild, do you? No. I don't know. I mean, AJ, you've been around NFL teams more than us. In, I mean, Houston had some winning years when you were around. Mm-hmm. 
when they had a couple good games in a row, what would be the scenarios that a team would be flat and what's the scenarios they would? Like, what, what do you think the deciding factor was? I mean, I think a lot of it is what's coming up. Like, I, I do think there's soft spots on the schedule. I think but they, not in division, obviously. I would think not in division. But I would also look at, like, right now the Cowboys know their division's wrapped up. And they've got Arizona on deck, which they, is they a more ju- important game to them. Yeah, I think in division. But I also think this, they're competing now for potentially, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, they still got a chance. At the, is it the number one seed? And, and I think is, everybody in the NFC has a chance at the one seed still. And it is. Or, the sun- all the first yeah. place teams. It is the Sunday night game. So Yeah. So I think what we're saying here is you like Washington, but you don't, right? Yes. But you don't want to go against the Dallas D. Yes. So you might as well say, and, and you like the Washington offense more because the uncertainty is on, or you like the Washington defense more because the uncertainty is on offense. Yes, I love Dallas under 29 points. If you told me Dallas scored 29 points, I would say, you still want to bet Washington Fez? No, thank you. I like that better, too, because then you don't have to worry about who plays quarterback for Washington. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so your best bet, though, is Washington football team plus 11. But our first derivative of the day is under 29 down. That's right. All right. A.J. Hoffman. Oh, he's going back to Old Faithful. Super square. Uh, It's not square. The Buffalo Bills plus two and a half at New England. And obviously this is a rematch. We thought earlier today the wind was going to be another major factor as we record projected not to be as much of a factor though keep in mind just like it changed here but yeah i mean it obviously is better in fact i was probably leaning towards or i was going to play new england if the wind was still you think the good the good weather would favor buffalo for sure for sure just because if anything the bills would be saying to themselves jesus we got to go through this i mean just the psychological side of a big windy day would be a problem and if if the if it is throwing weather uh, the Pats are kind of in trouble right now. They took a lot of injuries from that that Colts game, the the wide receiving court specifically. Nelson Aguilar got hurt, concussion. His backup comes in, Nikhil Harry, concussion. Neither one returned. They're both in concussion protocol. Kendrick Bourne, their, their young wide receiver who's really kind of blown up this year, he's in COVID protocol. So and their top wide and the top running back still out, right? And Damian Harris still out. So lots of injuries going on with a hamstring going on right now for New England offensively. I think the Bills came out of that game last the last game embarrassed that they let the Patriots run on them. Like Micah Hyde said as much. He said he was embarrassed well, but, that they but let that really happen. Thinking, are we really handicapping motivation here? No. All right. But I, I think they're going to be prepared to stop the run. And but I mean, they're not going to out chess play Belichick. Whatever they prepare for, Belichick. I don't know. Bill, Bill Belichick didn't play a very good game of chess last week. Really? No. You didn't like that field goal? No. Oh, well, I, didn't, you, I didn't like the field goal. I loved it. Oh, I hated it. Well, you guys are all, you and the. All if the, John Harbaugh kicked that field goal, you would hate it. No. I, when have I ever been biased against any coach? Oh, I think you're biased towards Belichick decisions. Because he's a genius. I get it, but even geniuses fuck up sometimes. But, but non geniuses don't know when they fuck up. <laughs> Like, seriously, that's the point, right? We don't know why Kasparov made a move. He might win, he might lose, but I, I, don't, I don't know how. In the fact he explained it after the game, he explained it brilliantly. Did you see that? I did not see the explanation. Yeah, so let's continue. Let AJ finish his handicap, and I'll pull that up. And Mac Jones has had three of his, fir- his four worst PFF games in the last three games. So last three weeks, he's playing. Mac Jones is playing his worst football of the season right now. Well, now he had three attempts. So just just right off the uh, the three attempts was a bad score. It was one of his worst. Yeah. 
That's fine. That's kind of no score. <laughs> I think it was like below 10, his, his QBR. Well, or and his PFF grade. So I don't think they've graded. Or not, his PFF grade wasn't below 10, but his QBR was below 10. So I, I think we should probably not consider the passing grade in the Bills game as anything okay. important. But um, Mike Lombardi, friend of the podcast, said he believes that, and I didn't see, and even when I watch the games, I don't, I don't think I'm a scout, a couch scout, as people are starting to call it now. I like that. Is he said he thought that Mac Jones played an amazing game. He made. He said he had a couple mistakes, like rookies do. But he goes, he sees massive progress. I, I most people have said Mac. What people I've heard say is first half he struggled, but when he had to throw from behind, which is what the big fear is, he acquitted himself quite well. I mean, the, so I concur with that. And he complete. You know, he completed one pass that got him a touchdown that's like the window was so tiny it's like he shouldn't even have thrown it and it was so he, perfect he does seem to have he doesn't make the huge arm throws but he, he's almost i don't want to say drew Brees, but he's not afraid to make the tight throw the precision yeah. yeah did you well I mean, you watched again did yep. you did it look like like how would you the second half it? he looked very good i mean the the first half i would say it wasn't just a couple of he looked lost in the first half the second half though I, I he looked better than I would have expected him to, given the game situation. Yeah, because you think an avalanche might happen, yeah. right? So and there was a block punt touchdown. I mean, really, that's the funny part of this, right? The block punt. I mean, block to punt touchdown swings the whole game, it right? It did. It did. I mean, but continue. No, I, I first of all, I think your I think your point on just to show I'm not a skeptic on the pick. I think your point about. I mean, the first thing we got to start with is what's the line? Meaning at two and a half, it's saying that, that, that New England's the better team. Or at least equal. No, 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 no. You don't give two and a half for New England. I guess no. not in division. N not in division and also not because New England's such a good road team. Okay. Yeah. Right? I mean, so it, really the net-net. And now that we got a second, let's talk about what Belichick was saying. This is his verbatim statement. And I want you to think about he's using plain language here. But think about if he threw in the fancy math words. It was fourth and goal on the seven. I didn't feel great about converting fourth and goal from the seven. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Had there been less time and the situation been different, there's a point where I would have went for it. Or I would go for it on fourth and goal from the seven, absolutely. Right? So in certain situations, that's my parenthetical comment. I didn't think in that game situation that would have been the best decision. I thought that would have passed up three points and then it would have taken two touchdowns. And he, all right, so he continues here. At the end of the game, being able to, especially in a dome, have a chance at a 50-plus yard field goal, I think it's a lot better chance in scoring a touchdown and having a six-point differential as opposed to a three-point differential relative to the chances of converting a fourth and seven. But at some point, I definitely would have kept the offense on the field, fourth and seven with less time on the, and or, no time, or no timeouts. He's got every goddamn consideration in his head, and he's making a decision. How wrong could he be? Yeah, the, the fact that he's addressing it, I, I like that. Do you and doubt that he had every possible permutation in his head? He's done this for 50 years. The fact he's got that quote. I will recant. But but, and, but, and they if, should, but he shouldn't recant that you think objectively he was wrong. I still think he was wrong, but I respect the fact that, like, like he's bringing up a good point. You're cutting the lead to 10. If you can get it down to three, 
hey, it is a dome, even though it's the wintertime, so you can make a 55-yard field goal, and it's more viable than, say, a typical December game in the outdoors. What Lombardi said was, and again, I didn't see the end of the game, is that he, the, the uh, Colts superback busted through. I always forget his name. Jonathan Taylor. Taylor is... You know what's funny, Fez? You were ahead of him, too. You were talking about he might have been the best back in the league like three weeks into the season. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, but somehow he didn't wind up with a bet on him, and dude has 17 <laughs> touchdowns, and the number two guy is 14 right now. So he busted for like a 67-yard seven, seven seven yard yeah. yes, right? with two and a half minutes. And, and Hightower was coming in the field the hole, just missed it, is what Lombardi said. Is At that situation, well, it was a three-point game? Yes. So they make so the stop works. there. So they make the works. stop there and punt, and, and New England has the ball. And they got a 40% chance to tie the game. So it's like, wh- who in the hell is even – and it's nothing about this conversation. I'm talking about out there in the media, the questions about – and Harbaugh's decision was so freaking bad. Oh, It was horrendous. Both of them. Both of them. Not going for it two with eight was is, is indefensible if you're going to go for it later. Exactly. I mean, if, at least if he kicks the second time – then you could at least have a conversation about what he's no, doing. No, I think, if anything, if you kick the second time, it's smart. When has it ever gotten the going for two? I can remember years going by that someone didn't go for two instead of overtime. It, the Eagles rewrote the script in 2017. But maybe they thought they did. Except well, that guy got fired. Well, the, But the extreme example is... No, just, but the guy got fired. I, but five-eighths is bigger than four-eighths. Of what, though? Your chance of winning. So, but what I'm saying, you're saying go for two and go for two... Yes. And versus extra point, extra point, overtime. Yes. So, but the question is, what's your chance to win in overtime? 50-50. Well, no, it's not. I understand, but I got to simplify the assumptions. Well, no, no, no. Then then we're simplifying it to the point it's irrelevant. No, because it's so overwhelming uh, in favor of it. Wait, so you're saying, if you're a seven, if you, what do you think that a, um, let's say a seven point favorite, what is their chances in overtime? Probably 40%. The seven point favorite? Uh, 60%. Okay, so you think it's only 60%? Yeah. In overtime? Yeah. Okay. And what does it have to get to 62 and a half for the way you're doing it? Yes. Okay. So I think what we're saying here is based upon, but, but explain your case real quick. So the assumptions are I'm down 14. Again, I'm going to simplify everything. I'm going to assume everything is, is we're equal teams. Okay. Just to simplify. And I'm also going to assume I'm going to score two touchdowns and you're not going to score just to keep the math totally clear. Or net net, these two touchdowns are going to be necessary to come. Yeah, that's but, the only okay. time it matters. Yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. So I score two touchdowns and assume just to simplify, I always make my extra points and I make my two pointers half the time. Okay. All right. Now, obviously, you can use all the actual numbers. All right, so if I go for two after I score the first touchdown, so I by get... the way, just to talk the actual numbers for a second, there's been 11 times, or now 12 times since the two-point conversion was instituted, so I guess ever, 12 times in which a team has gone for it down one with under a minute left, or some like short, short period of time. Mm-hmm. And they are three successes and nine failures. That's interesting. Yeah, so the overall league rate is just below 50%, mm-hmm. I believe. So it's in, maybe in the high-pressure situation. You think? I mean, we saw it a couple of – we've seen it, but you right? Think a tired, you think a tired defense would be easier to score against at the end of a game, though? I think for one play. And plus, there's always yeah. a timeout right before. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's, but but that, go that's ahead. True. So if I use – so if I make the two-pointer and I cut the lead to six, obviously I win the game because then I just kick the win after my next touchdown. If I So I win the game half the time. Mm-hmm. But also, one, one half of the time I fail – and then I can go for two again, mm-hmm. and I get that half the time, mm-hmm. and we go to overtime, and I win in overtime half the time. So one half, 
times one half times one half that's one eighth. My chance of winning is one half plus one eighth. Yeah. Five eighths. So the gravy is the twelve and a half percent. Yes. I agree with you, and that's why I think if you're going for two, it's the only way to do it. Only way to do it. The set with the first touchdown. Yes. Yes. Uh, meaning, if you're going to ultimately go for two, like Harbaugh did, you got to both times. Yes. Or, or, or you got to the first time. You may or may not need to the second time. Yes. Okay, I agree. I didn't really take that to mean it's better than kicking the extra point and kicking the extra point. But your point is, if you kick the extra point, kick the extra point, now it's the overtime is the rub. And thus, in this case, the rub is unless you're a clearly superior team, it's going to be below 62 and a half. That's interesting. But okay. you bring up the great point. If Alabama's playing Cincinnati and they're down, Alabama's mm-hmm. down 14, just kick the extra point twice mm-hmm. because you're going to win that overtime maybe 70% of the time. And if you're the underdog like Baltimore, you could make the case that maybe you're less than 50% because it matters in one play too, but it's not going to be that much not to make that a good... All right, I accept all that. But what we know for sure is Harbaugh not going for it the first touchdown and go for the second is malpractice. Yes. And my question is, where was the heat? I think he caught the heat. From I'm straight out of Vegas. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, but from where me, <laughs> from Fezzik Sports on Twitter. But what I'm saying, is, I, I'm trying to be serious, is that we got this this narrative about. I mean, I'm in this. In, I'm in sports for a reason. I care. Right? I don't care like I care like about kids or you know starving in Africa. Meaning. Why would I want to spend my career in something that doesn't have any um, fidelity or or or, or uh, that doesn't strike passion? Well, I, I'm saying I don't want there to be hip hop. I don't want it to be corrupt. Yes, and he caught less heat than than Brandon Staley did, which is which is just absolutely outrageous to me. Because Brandon Staley caught more heat than anyone, and his all of his decisions, we can have a great conversation about whether they all were correct, but certainly many of them were. If not all, I, I the, there's so many things on this, which we'll have to get into in the off season. I personally, I don't know how you can trust any models when the models contradict each other so much. You know, that's a great point. Sometimes the models don't contradict. None of the models contradict themselves. And other ones, that fourth and goal from the five, it depends on the model. But but what I'm saying is if you had two accountants, let's say you were really scared because you had been audited, you wanted to have the right accounting on your taxes. And one accountant says, Mr. Fezzik, you have 96000 in taxes to pay. And the second accountant says, Mr. Fezzik, you've got 48000 in taxes to pay. Would you trust either of the accountants? No. So how do we trust either of the models if they're different numbers? You, you can't. By, by a major amount you oftentimes. Can't. You can't. But if all the models agree, you can. And like as an example. Yeah, but if two, if two models that contradict each other sometimes, does it mean that they're right when they agree or does it mean they're off and who knows in what direction? I actually think they're right when they agree because one's conservative and one's aggressive. And if they well, both relative agree, to what, though? Relative, relative to each other. Yeah, well, they I'm, both could be aggressive, but, but by both, varying degrees. If they're both, if they're, they could be, but it's not. Per, I, in most cases, no. Then doesn't it seem weird that no one's ever thought of this before? Like a lot of this stuff. We went. I mean, Belichick had. Let's be candid. He had a guy. Ernie Adams, yes, that spent his whole year who who made millions of dollars as a bond trader. He was a high school friend of Belichick. He just retired, I think, before last year. And Ernie Adams, he actually Belichick let him make the last, last draft choice, you know. And 
in the book, The Education of a Coach, Making of a Coach, I always forget the title, Haberstam did about Belichick. He talks about how no one knows what Ernie or knew what Ernie Adams did, that Art Modell actually passed out posters with Ernie Adams' picture and says, $10,000 reward, what does this man do? <laughs> Belichick wouldn't tell his owner, and Ernie Adams would be working in this little cubbyhole office, and anytime someone walked in, he always closed his computer. It was like he was in the CIA. Mm. There's rumors that Ernie Adams was the one that really pushed, you know, and again, you know, pushed Belichick not to call the timeout in that Seattle game, right? So we'll see. I don't know. But here's the thought, though. You don't think Ernie Adams had thought of these things before? Now, I will say this, or Belichick in the offseason, there's another famous story when uh, PFF was given a presentation way at the beginning, and they said there were 12 people in the audience at the combine because they were trying to convince people how good their information was. Five of the people were from the Patriots. Mm. Patriots sent five people to the... Because, like, there's a great hedge fund called um, uh, Renaissance, Renaissance Capital. I've talked about them a few times. And they have a guy who actually won... You know how during... Do you ever see the movie Goodwill Hunting? Sure. So he won the Fields Medal. That was the thing that is... He goes, it's like the Nobel Prize, but they only give it out every four years or okay. whatever. Is the fellow Jim Simmons, who who was the founder of Renaissance, won, I think it was called the Polk Prize. I can't remember. See what prize he won? But they said it was comparable, but even more prestigious than the Fields Medal. Mm. So this guy, at the highest level of math, and... um. What they would do is they had a whole team of people that read every academic article written about financial things because they were saying, hey, we don't want to reinvent the wheel. If there's something out there, it might be some dissertation someone did in England 10 years ago that they were sifting through there. If you read about Belichick, it's like he constantly has teams of people looking around for the newest information. Like when Mike Lombardi was with him the last couple of years, he was just a director of special projects. Hmm. It was like he would t- say, hey, I want to look at two-point conversions if it's windy, like, and have him spend a month researching it. Mm-hmm. What we're saying is fundamentally everything that Belichick has did through decades and decades was faulty. And I'm not saying it couldn't be one thing is faulty or two, but like fundamentally he should have been going for it so much more even though he was the first guy to ever go for it in that situation, mm-hmm. right? Remember against the Colts and, and, and Peyton, he went for— The fourth and two from the 28. From the, no one had ever seen that before. Yeah, he was universally just, just lambasted. It's like, what, what a stupid decision. That's, you know, the book says you're supposed to punt. The, the, the book— you know, part of it is that I think Belichick understood the game was changing, that maybe if we went back to like the 1980s, even, you know, the scoring is up so much and the offenses are so much more proficient that mm. all this, this, this more aggressive Madden type strategies have only made sense in recent years. Now you're making a very interesting point because the efficiency of the offense, I mean, imagine if an offense scored 90 percent of the time, like an extreme case. Well, you better not ever give up the ball because if you do, you're never going to catch up. So going forward on fourth, and plus, whatever yardage you give up from not punting doesn't mean as much if that yardage is easily 
transverse, yes. right? So that's an interesting point. But then another factor is what the hell is going on this year? Because scoring's way down this year versus last year. So maybe all these hyper-aggressive analytics were correct mm. last year, but this year these average totals, I, what are they now, 44.5 instead of 49? It's crazy. So good insight. I just got to think about that for a while. By the way, we've been tracking fourth downs. So league-wide, the average non-forced fourth down attempt, and we define forced as late-game situation, down by a score, whatever, right? So we quantified that, is minus 0.8. So an average, that's expected points not added, minus. On average, teams lost almost a point per game last week. Due, so this was not per play, but per game? Per game, yes. Okay. How much was it per play? Because we don't know how many what there was per game, right? Yeah, so how it? many was there in total? Um, so it feels – now, it's one week, but we're going to start we, – we're going to go back and, and retroactively They're do it. They're saying teams home. got a negative one point on average by going for it on fourth down too yes, often? Yes, Now, one thing we want – we might want to put – Well, in, not too often. It's just net-net in their failures. We, we might want to put an asterisk. We, we probably want to take the Carolina team out because their kicker was hurt. So I imagine that they, they based all this on league average. Carolina had to go for it on fourth down instead of kicking field goals because they couldn't kick but how many goals. situations – right, we'll look there at were that. several. There were several. Yeah, they led the league in minus points, minus six points, 6.6 .6 points for the Panthers. By the way, on average, this situation, non-forced fourth downs once per game, per team. Okay. But it was still minus 30 for the league, so that was only explains a fourth of it. Yeah, yeah. So, no, 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 it's an interesting point. So, why don't you uh, be judicious with that Carolina exclusions, but, you know, make cool, it cool. where, I mean... I, I guess if it's fourth and three on the 20, what do we assume? They would have done it or not? So we're going to keep tracking that, and we'll let you guys know. I find this fact. I mean, to me, when you talk about the very foundation of a sport, and, and, and I just hate that it seems like the media is so in the tank for certain people. I, I guess I want it to feel like it's, it's by merit. I, I don't want people to be in the tank for a coach for some reason or even cool. Like I was screaming about Lamar Jackson today. It seems like no matter what he does, he doesn't get criticism from 90% of the media. And it's just like, why? And I don't understand it. But I guess I just want to live in a just country. <laughs> All right. What else you got? Anything? And going back to the first game, I really think it was a coin flip game. I, I think there was a, like Stefan Diggs dropping a wide open touchdown pass in the end zone. I don't know if that happens, you know, but one time out of 10, maybe. Uh, I think the missed field goal, it, it, the, there are things that this game could have gone either way. This line seems out of whack to me. You know, with two minutes to go in that game, Buffalo is plus 120. So I, I know we have our fourth quarter shares that favored New England, but the bottom line is that at the very end of the game, Buffalo was right there. One more first down, they'd be, have been favored to win the game. And I think going back to the beginning of this conversation, if the weather is better, I think it certainly favors the Bills here. For sure, for sure. If we look at Buffalo, let's just look at fourth quarter win share because the market's saying these are average team or even teams. So Buffalo has 69%, which is fourth in the league. They, they, of all their fourth quarter plays, they've had an average of 69% chance to win, weighted towards the end of the game. And New England has a six, their fifth. So fourth and fifth. That feels right to me. That's no adjustment for strength of schedule. So give New England just a little bit there. But then 
let's be clear. New England's all banged up. And Buffalo isn't. And this is saying New England's better. And Buffalo has the revenge, which all yeah. things being equal is probably worth half of Well, and desperation, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean their playoff chances are, let's see here. Buffalo's playoff chances. Oh, they're good. They're 77%. Yeah. So one in four, two, two heads in a row, they don't make it. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is I feel like this line should be probably more towards one or pick them. And I think a pick them is probably value to play. I certainly lean that way. What about you, Steve? Yeah, I, I agree with your analysis. I, I also think that Buffalo, remember, they had to go into the wind in the second and fourth quarters, both of those quarters. And that was a big reason they lost is that they, there's but more they, they could have in the second half, they could have taken the, they could have, but they didn't. So the, the bottom line is, and you, and we were just going through first quarter and second quarter, you know, scoring totals. And the, the bottom line, the, 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 the second and fourth quarters are higher by about 50% almost. And so you're really up against it when you have to go into the wind in both of those quarters. And I think ultimately that was one of the reasons they lost that close game. Yeah. I, I, I lean this way. Um, the only concern I have, and I'm probably not going to play this because I don't bet against Bell. That's just one of my adages. Because, I mean, you know, just over the years, Steve, we just figured that out. Oh, my God. It's, just fade them. It, it don't has, fade them. I've lost so much money. And to be fair, I've lost it with the other math geeks that for years the, the numbers would say, you know what? New England should be, uh, it should be a four-point favorite. So the, the underlying six. stats – they outperformed them year after year, which was the only team to do that. Exactly right, because the in-game decisions were so strong that Belichick and Ernie Adams and the whole team of five guys that went to the conferences were picking up on that no one else in the NFL was. You know, I, I know I'm a, I, I know I'm a fanboy. It's just to think about something I've spent a lot of my, well, my professional career in the NFL, you know, doing the NFL. And to think that there's one person that had to, I mean, because what you got to realize about him, his dad was one of the foremost scouts in, in, in college football. And he wrote, you know, he wrote a scouting manual. It was one of the first scouting manuals. And you can buy, you know, they, 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 they reprint it now, Steve Belichick. And so he's watching film when he's like 14, going with his dad to watch film. So it's like, and he is a brilliant borderline, you know, I don't use genius very much. I would say a genius. So the combination of 50 years with a passion for something, like think about Parcells. Was he as talented? I don't know, but let's say he was, but he, he had the personality to burn out. So he couldn't do it for a long time to do it for 50 years and to be a, a genius and to start when you're a kid we're never going to see this again. Never. It's like there's never going to be. I mean, there could be, but it seems like these coaches, uh, like McVay and stuff, they're half ready to go in the announcer's booth already. It's like they, it's more they want to be stars than. And Belichick doesn't want to be a star. He, I mean, he he cares about his place in history, but he wants to coach. Well, and now if you don't win early in your career, your career is probably not going to last that long. That's true, too. I mean, but remember, the funny thing about him is he, you know, four years or five years with the Browns got fired. And then he added like another five years before he got a head coaching job. I mean, so when he took that job with the Pats, he was a retread. And one of his assistant coaches had his, had his home on the market, right? Would break like week five. Like they like, oh, it's, it's about to be over here in New England. Oh, week five of what year? Of, of when Belichick is second year, I think, in New England, when Bledsoe got injured, yeah. that they were that, that they were saying, you know, he was on, you know, thin ice. His 
I mean, imagine that. Imagine whenever something crazy. I always use the Oscars as an example. When the 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 what was the movie Moonlight? They read the wrong one. Yeah. yeah. If if when the other. <laughs> When the when the other people were up to get their Oscar, if I turn to you on the couch and say, you know, I bet Moonlight won, like it would have been the most important because there'd never been a misread before. Right? Mm-hmm. Imagine if when Belichick or when uh, Bledsoe goes down, and they were, uh, if I recall, I think they were 0 2 after that yeah. game, and they were down pretty big in that game. So it's like first year they were like five and eleven. Second, now the quarterback goes down. Looks like for the season. If I said, see that guy, the sixth round pick. <laughs> It's going to be, he's going to win six, what, seven, <laughs> seven Super, Super Bowls. Bowls yeah. Belichick's going to be, well, it would have been as insane as saying that the Martians are coming tomorrow. It'd be like betting this. Yeah, that's the perfect analogy. <laughs> that is the perfect analogy. It's not going to happen. But it did. Right, any closing thoughts? That's it. Okay. I don't know if I can top. I, I, I like AJ's bet. It was not. Listen, you fate, the public's going to be on New England. Well, you said coming in this was the squarest card I've ever had, but yeah. you did say that last week too. But I think, well, first of all, there's some doozies coming up, but but I I don't think this one's square. But I do think it's square because I because you've been so waiting for a chance to to get to redeem yourself with the Bills. That's probably fair. <laughs> but you know, by opening the door again, you open the door to some real pain. Oh, I know. All right, at least, oh. at least we're in agreement. Um, oh, we actually have. Oh, we got someone bucking him, yep. huh? The hitman says AJ Hoffman. What do you know? What do you know? You're not translucent. Let's listen. Best bet: Patriots minus two and a half. Good up to minus three. The Bills have struggled all year against run-first, physical offenses. They're zero three straight up and against the spread against the Titans, Colts, and Patriots. And the Patriots had zero threat of a passing game in that game. They dominated them at the line of scrimmage. So imagine what they'll do when Mac Jones is actually a threat to throw. Bill Belichick has fared well against Josh Allen his entire career. And this year against pass defenses ranked in the top 12 pass defense EPA, Allen stoned for more than 6.2 yards per attempt just once. New England ranks first in the league in EPA per play defensively and expect their defense to have success against the one-dimensional Bills. New England is the better team and should be laying three in this spot. Take the Patriots. Okay, okay. I do agree with the one point. If you're one, The one thing we know about Belichick is he can stop your strength. Typically. Not, yes. I mean, he doesn't win every game. Is Buffalo... They're the definition of one-dimensional on offense. They their running backs can't run, but Josh Allen can run. How much is Josh Allen going to run? You know what? I'm going to bet Josh Allen over for his rush yards because I think he's going to run a lot more because that was the that criticism. Tampa Bay game. But that was the criticism of the first loss, right? Why didn't Josh but Allen? But then he ran against Tampa Bay and got the shit kicked out of him, <laughs> right? He's in a walking boot. Well, now we're only 77% to make the playoffs. So. Yeah. But, but that, you're, you're right. If you don't make money betting quarterbacks over that were in walking boots. Hashtag uh, Murray, Arizona last year, right? right I agree. I agree. And, and that probably comes up again with Murray. All right. My best bet. This is probably the best one of the bunch. I'm just saying. I'm going <laughs> I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. I too am on the Vikings. They're my three weight. Uh-huh. You gotta hear this story. I'll wait till the handicap's over. <laughs> I mean, this is dastardly. I mean, AJ, you've never seen him be dastardly in real time. 
I I don't know what I thought he was trying to do. I like because oh, rest assured what he was trying to do. I'd already seen his picks. I don't think he was trying Did to. Did it seem the- weird the way he was? So let's just say it now. I was looking at this Minnesota and I couldn't figure out the line because again, when I think the line's way off, I'm suspicious before I'm greedy. So I'm like, what's going on here? I go, Steve, what do you think? He goes, oh, Minnesota sucks. <laughs> like that. And you asked him, where do you have them powering? He goes, minus one. I go, you're the only person on the planet that thinks they're below average. He goes, yep, I think they're horrible. It, like, it was the most one-sided handicap. I, I mean, we're just talking before the game. Most one-sided handicap I ever heard. Have you ever heard of Did more? you say minus six on a neutral? Yes. <laughs> Like crazy shit. Six point difference on the neutral. No Adam Thielen. Defense ravaged with injuries. I say, oh boy. So, so I, Her cousins <laughs> underperforming in select games, mostly in primetime, though. You almost feel like a vampire that stayed out too late and that your your world is different than so many others. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's very different. So then it's funny, almost like a guy that's waiting on a call and he he cracks. He goes, you know, actually, I got Minnesota. He goes, <laughs> <laughs> and, and why you? It's like I was thinking it through so deliberately. He cracked. You cracked. I did. <laughs> did you want him to bet the Rams? Or no. Did you want him to? No, bet- he wanted. He thought, hey. Every pick that he makes that we agree is a pick I don't have a crossfire. He just wanted to have me back in the pool to pick something against him. Okay. Right? Possibly. <laughs> he was looking for action. <laughs> that seemed like a lot of good. That seemed like a lot to risk for that, though. I mean, you pretty much convinced me to bet the Rams with your handicap. <laughs> and the funny thing Your is, pre-show handicap. I wasn't handicapping. I was... <laughs> I was just giving power. (laughs) And the funny thing was the minute I heard him say that best bet, baby. (laughs) But I actually think this line's pretty crazy, but I understand that the Rams are Hollywood. And to me, they don't deserve that. So let's look at what, how they've done on this quote unquote, my so-called win streak. My so-called life's a great show, by the way, for the youngsters out there or those that want to be young. Okay. I think the key game happened in week 12, but we'll skip that for now against Green Bay. Jacksonville, oh, okay. Who gives a shit? Okay. Arizona seemed kind of impressive. In hindsight... Not so good after the Detroit I mean, it's loss. a nice win, but sure. it's a real downgraded win. Yes. And then a Seattle team, how would you characterize the performance last night by the Rams? Workmanlike. Yeah, I mean, they didn't do horror, but like, where's. They did the, nothing in the first half. Now, where's the impressive, like, they're back? Because here's what I know they were, they had lost to Houston. Oh, no, they beat Houston. They lost to Tennessee as a seven point favorite. They lost to San Francisco. That was after Tennessee got banged up, also. Yeah, they, and that's why they were a seven point favorite. Yeah. And that was like eight during the week. Then they lost 31 to 10 against San Francisco. 31 to 10. Then they had a bye. And this was like, they well, were, now they're going to rock, right? They were favored by one and a half at Green Bay. Yeah. And they got crushed. I mean, it was 36 28, but I mean, it was. It a, wasn't that close. It was, you, you, you know, a friend, friend, Ken Thompson, he literally 
texted me four times during that game, Green Bay's going to kill him. Green Bay's going to kill him. And he was right. Remember, I had Green Bay on the Wednesday pod. Then I kept thinking. I didn't even use it in the contest because it was like the line kept moving. The money. the All oh, the, the Rams closed one half point favorite. And it was one of the best spots of the year for any team. The Rams were off a bye. They were integrating their new players. Green Bay had, hadn't had their bye yet. Yep. I mean, and, and the, legs. the fact that they got beat there. Two-game losing streak before the bye. To me is bigger, is bigger than the couple games after. You know, this is a critical point. You're making a great point here that when you have a team that all the planets are aligning for the most part, this is really, really a great situation this for is a, a team. Pure, this is a pure chance for them to show what they got. No chance that they're not bringing it. No chance that the players aren't giving their full effort and then they come up completely empty. I think that's a predictor of what could easily happen in, in the high leverage games of the playoffs. College football is your specialty, AJ. There's certain games, especially with a team like a Clemson, that's in a weak conference. There's only two or three games to really get a feel of how good the team is. Yeah. This felt like one of those games. It did. That's a great point. Yeah. The Rams are pretenders. Well, well what I will well, say. They certainly shouldn't be favored game. in Minnesota, one of the few places with home field. And that's the key because Minnesota has the dome rocking. And, and think about the Vikings. The, Vi- the much despised Vikings that lost all those close games early in the year. Every one of the Viking games has been close. They've been below 500 the whole year. They finally got into 500. And guess what? They're going to win week 18, I guess it is, home against Chicago. They're probably going to lose week 17 against the Packers. So this is the playoff game. They need it like blood. I tend to lean to RJ's side here, but you said they need it like blood. Do you think the Vikings are a playoff caliber team? Are the Vikings a playoff team? If they what win against like, do you think they're uh, because the the only teams that have beat the Rams are playoff teams? Like the they're not losing to bad teams or mediocre teams. They're, they've lost to playoff teams. Well, I mean, let's see. Last the year they lost as a seven point beat, favorite. They've beat the some playoff teams, but they, their losses are Cardinals, Titans, at Niners, at Packers. Well, I I think they're certainly a. Are they better than Tennessee right now? I mean, because remember, they lost to Tennessee when Tennessee was weakened. But uh, Tennessee wasn't as weak as they are now. They, I'm not sure. They had A.J. AJ Brown. Well, A.J. AJ Brown. I've, I've got them comparable. I've got them 16th and 17th in the league, Tennessee and Minnesota. Now, if you look at 538, their playoff odds are 29% for Minnesota. If they win the game, it jumps to 50. If they lose, 11. This is a high leverage for game. For sure. And it's home. I mean, think about what this line is saying. What are are we going to get? I think Minnesota is either two and a half or three. I think out of the division, you give them three at home now. One or the other. Yes. I think three. I think three. I agree. I've been giving two. I've been giving Green Bay three. I haven't been giving any other team three. But they're worthy because they're a top five home field. And that dome is going to be rocking. You know who surprisingly gets a... a better home field than I thought is the Colts. I think the Colts might be three, too. I want, when, want you to show you some data on when this. When they're good. Yeah. You know, it's, it, those domes get so loud when the team is effective, as opposed to, like, if they're bad like Houston, who cares? Yeah. So this game is a 4 o'clock start, but this is going to be the big Fox 4 o'clock game. Okay. Oh, I've, no, I've got this as an early game. Did they move it? Oh, you know, you're right. It is an early game. Oh, that's a big – I like that. Minnesota <laughs> with a 12 o'clock central start, right? Yes. You like – I like You know that. what I like even more? And, and I get poo-pooed for this, and I'm, I apologize. I've never actually – Especially because Kirk Cousins loves it, but go ahead. Well, Kirk Cousins loves the early start, and what just happened, 
the Rams just played Tuesday. Not only Tuesday, but they play Tuesday at you know, 7 o'clock Eastern was when the night game, game. So they go from night game to preparation. Hey, eat my oatmeal at this time. Get ready for the game. It's a night game. And now it totally changes your prep. On Christmas week. On Christmas week when you've got to be like putting Johnny's bike together on on Christmas Eve on top of all this. Maybe giving your wife a massage. Maybe, maybe scraping her bunions. Let's get the bike together. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as we informed you historically now based on last year the teams that play late on a delayed game are 40 percent against the spread but 1.3 point mar or 1.3 point margin net negative so it's not humongous but it makes sense right i like this and i, I the whole kirk cousins at one o'clock 60 or 58 percent against the spread 40 percent the other time in his career. So let me just do a quick math here. So I've got three points for home field. Uh-huh. I got the 1.3 for the for the short week. Give it a half a point. Remember, Minnesota has a short week, too, but that was a scheduled but it was short a, week. Yeah that's, yeah. yeah, that's not the problem. The problem is when you, your routine gets disrupted. So three home field, you said give a one point. Just give it a point for that. I'd say home. half a point even. Let's be conservative. Be conservative. All right. Um, and let's so we're already at, at three. You've got to give a half point to Cousins playing at one o'clock. Yeah, exactly. I say you give a, a point based on the research. So now we're at four and a half. <laughs> and now we got to say on top of that, the fact that the Vikings need the game like blood and the Rams are pretty much in the playoffs already. No, but they have a chance to beat Arizona for the division. Right. But the motivation is so much more. Minnesota, I agree. 11 or 50. So we're at five. We're at a five point adjustment. And the line is what? That. And the line is Minnesota catching the three. Minnesota's not laying three? No, they're catching three. <laughs> well, so that means they have to I'm be sold. eight points. Are you be, alternate lining? It has to be eight <laughs> points better, you're saying? Yes. And what, it, you're crazy made my, up. Even Mike with my crazy made up phony numbers on power ratings would make it six. And we just took five back away from it. Now, we went through the three, but I'm already getting to two. Yeah. Even with you my see how to do this, AJ? Ratings. Yeah, I'm what getting do you there. Think? It's solid. This is, that's how we do it. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! How you like me now? <laughs> What's the horn? They blow the horn. Skull, brother. All right. So we, we don't need anything. Else. What do you think, Mackenzie? You 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 and all kind of like half point edges. It's, what, it's, it's, it's the good. life. It's the life. It's kind of like on. Remember when Bobby Bacala when when Junior was thinking something through, and he goes, "I'm in awe of you." <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling an audible. It's the holidays. Some people are going to have more time. Some people are going to have less time. We got the best beds done clean. Let's wrap it up and do the first pod. It's going to be called Week 16 or Best Bets Dash Week 16 NFL 2021 in the year of our Lord. Something like that in the title. Then we're going to do one right now, which is podcast number two. That is the other games, the outtakes. No, the other games. What do you think, AJ? That sounds good to me. Stay tuned.